Um, I, I just listened to a, a, a little clip with uh, Vince Russo, uh, who you know was one of the head writers back in the Attitude Era, and you know what made the Attitude Era so special and so good was yes, you had Stone Cold and The Rock and The Undertaker and Shawn and you know all those stars, absolutely. But from top to bottom on the card, there were storylines throughout, character development throughout. Like, you know, it wasn't just the top stars. Like, even, you know, the Misfits or the DOA, right, they had they had character development. They had storylines. Um, and, of course, you know, th- these weren't the guys at the, the top of the card or anything. Or even really, you know, like, I can't remember anything the DOA did you know, per se, but, but back then at that time, there was just no, there was very minimal filler. Everybody had a place. Every character had a story. Um, that's what made it special. That's what made it consistent. And I think within wrestling writing overall, you know, where we are now is that, yeah, it's, it's almost like, um, like a bubble within wrestling, right? Where like, I, I don't know who's writing shows, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that there's multiple people and whatever, but it feels like there's too many wrestling people um, that write within the bubble, right? To, to make, to make, the, to make them happy. I, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm explaining this well, but there's, there's not enough, um, Just the entertainment, the character development aspect of it. Like everybody's writing or, or again, trying to get that that five-star match or, or this spot or that spot. And that shit is largely irrelevant. Like, you know, I'm thinking back to, you know, my favorite Stone Cold. You know, he's my favorite wrestler ever. And I can remember, you know, some of his matches, you know, great matches, whatever. But when I look back, and I think, like, what what made Stone Cold my favorite wrestler, right? It wasn't the amount of five-star matches he put on. I, I don't shit. I don't, maybe back in, like, WCW when he was, like, TNT champion, he had five-star matches. But once he got over to WWE, it wasn't about the five-star matches. It was about the character, the story. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I think we've just, we've just drifted too far away from that, just overall within professional wrestling. Yeah, and absolutely. There's too much emphasis on how many times I can flip, how many times I can dive, how many stars I get in the match, and not the character. Yeah, and that's what hurts wrestling. Yeah, so, and it's it's like yeah. it's like you said before. It's like you know, I'm I'm pretty sure you didn't you know you didn't become a fan of Stone Cold or The Rock because of their great technical wrestling move sets. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like that that's that yeah. that's just what it, that's just what it comes down to, man. It's just like. We know that these people are going to deliver. It's just like they're pra- we're praising matches that we already know ahead of time, right? Because of their reputation, because of, you know, what they've done in previous matches and what they've done in previous feuds. It's like we already know that they're going to deliver. So they're praising something that we already knew ahead of time that they were going to do, right? They're right. professional wrestlers, but it's what you do ahead of time to get people interested into the match, right? I mean, how many times, Brian, have we seen dynamite matches just like, oh yeah, they're great matches. Like they were solid. And even matches on collision to where you didn't feel anything going in, leading into it. 
because yeah. there's not a character that makes you really con there, there's no character that really makes you connect or feel mm -hmm. and that's just the problem that you know even sometimes WWE has has trouble doing as well oh, especially yeah. with 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 talents like Tommaso Ciampa you know talents like Johnny Gargano talents like Bronson Reed as well as many other, your I mean hell your women's division as well and same goes for AEW with a lot of your wrestlers and a lot of your talent because, again, not a whole lot of them are on TV because this fucking roster is so freaking imploded. It is like it's 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 just like it's a sinking ship because of how much freaking weight or dead weight is is on this roster because hardly anybody is either being used or being developed at all. And and that's that's the problem with AEW. Sure. You know, it's it's great to, you know, you can collect as many indie wrestlers because they can do X, Y, and Z in the ring. But if you're not, if they don't have anything that gives you the, that gives them the gift to gab, nor do, are you going to give them the time to be on shows consistently, the banger matches that they put on every one to two weeks doesn't fucking matter. And that's, yeah. that's what it is, man. And so, but yeah, when it comes to the Owen Hart, Cup tournament since that's the last thing we'll talk about here with Collision. Uh, obviously, you had Willow Nightingale. She defeated Ruby Soho, winning the Owen Hart Cup tournament for the females. Freaking Tony Khan wearing a weird freaking... I don't know if you caught this, bro. He, yeah. he wore like this fucking cowboy hat. I'm like, that's okay. Interesting. Like He is such a weird dude. Also, I have much respect for Tony Khan. I, I respect the dude, but like the guy is it's a little weird. He, I don't know. There's something... <laughs> right, you're right. He's just something about him is just is weird, man. But yeah. um, and then yeah, so Willow Nightingale wins um w w wins wins the tournament for the women, and then you have Ricky Starks defeating CM Punk, um, via exchanges of roll ups, and then of course Ricky Starks gets the roll up, holding on to the ring rope as well it's for some extra little leverage there, as Ricky Starks wins the match, and obviously this to me as I'm sure you feel the same way, Brian, the right call. I mean, uh, CM Punk yeah. doesn't need to win an Owen Hart freaking tournament cup. It's just weird. Um, especially for Starks. I mean, you got to have Starks rack up W's. Um, but with Punk as well, and this is what's weird about tournament matches. I'm I'm not going to speak too heart wholeheartedly about this, but it's just about the tournament and just tournaments itself, right? It's just, I'm not the biggest fan of tournaments, man, because it's just like, if you've seen one tournament, you've seen them all. Because how much of the story can you really tell? Because at the end of the day, right, it's it comes to the story and what leads to a said match. There's so much that you can really do within people like Starks and Punk within of developing a story over time to say like, oh, wow, next week I have to see what happens next. Because there's no, there's no cliffhanger. There's no climax. There's no plot to where... Dang, like this right. is going to be a really cool part in the story where I have to see. Sure, there's good in-ring psychology. There's good little, there's times where paces slow down and stuff like we talked about with the tag match. But that's, that's it. Like there's just, there's another element to, of what these tournaments are supposed to, or what they're not producing, I should say, that's missing to the point where how invested at the end of the day are people going to get? with people like Punk, as well as people like Ricky Starks. And who knows? I guess they're going to continue. Punk's going to continue somewhat of a story with Samoa Joe, but then you just saw the finish with Ricky Starks and how he's holding right. onto the ropes, kind of like a heel cheatery type of way. So are they going to yeah, start yeah. something with Starks? So at least there's, 
you know, ways that you can go with it. But, but if, again, unless you're involving all three of these people in one sitting, that's where I'm, I'm like, okay, because you had right. Samoa Joe do the attack on Punk. You would think like, all right, maybe he's going to cost him the match. You set something up with Joe. And now you're doing this with, with Starks to where he's doing some heel cheatery with, with against Punk to win the match. So is Punk going to be involved with Ricky Starks as well? So it's just weird how they're doing it as well. Like that's the thing about this company. It's weird how they're doing things. We say this about yeah. Chris Jericho and, as well as Sammy Guevara. We thought that they were going to start something with, with, with Jericho and Guevara. And it seems like they're still doing that, especially after the tag match that they had with MJF and Adam Cole. And we're going to get to that, but it seemed like, and I seem like that, you know, now that's kind of the, the chapter, I guess that they're telling now that they uh, will spoiler alert, they lost to Adam Cole and MJF in that blind eliminator uh, tag tournament. And we're going to talk and we're going to freaking praise the shit out of that because of how just amazing Adam MJF and Adam Cole have been as a duo. Um, but yeah, man, it's just tournaments. It's just like, you know, it's just, there's so many tournaments, Brian, that I've seen that it's just like, Oh, like who's going to win this tournament just to be, the best in the world, right? The best technical wrestler to put in right. this person and then that person and then this wrestler and wrestler A and wrestler C. It's just like, you know, it's just how many times can you see a said tournament to where it's, it's even for titles, right? It's like to, to, to develop number one contenders, there's got to be a fatal four way. There's got to be a fucking triple threat. There's got to be a fucking tournament to, to, yeah. to develop these number one contenders. And I'm like, okay, that, that's fine to an extent, but again, it's just like, well, you know, no a lot of things when it comes to yeah. wrestling, it's, you're just overly exposing this to where it's just like, all right, it's just like, all right, here comes another tournament. I'm not missing anything, you know? Yeah. So that, that's just my take on that. But listen, good for Ricky Starks. He's, you know, right person won, you know, cause I don't think punk lost too much about, I mean, I would have done better than a, eh, well, I don't know the roll up finish. It's hit and miss sometimes. Um, just, you know, Punk getting rolled up. But I guess with, with Starks, it's somewhat believable because it's Starks and Punk. It's not, at least it's not like freaking Ricochet rolling up fucking Braun Strowman, right? Yeah. <laughs> In WWE. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't have much confidence in it, Brian. I don't know how you feel about it in, in regards to where Starks and Punk are leading to. I, I don't have any faith in it. I'll give it a chance. And We'll see where it goes. So, but yeah, Brian, your thoughts in regards to these tournament matches and uh, your overall thoughts uh, in regards to this tournament. Yeah, I mean, considering this was just a an, an Owen Hart memorial thing, like, yeah, it is what it is. But I, I get your point where, like, you can't always be going to, like, fatal four ways and triple threats to determine, like, your number one contender or your... Yeah, or it's, like, it's weird. Build a fucking story... <laughs> to get to that point, you know, right, at, yeah. at, a, at a tournament. Um, so that's, the, that's my first thing. Um, I, I thought it was a bit weird too with, with Ricky Starks and, and holding on to the rope. Right. Cause I mean, he's been a baby face. Um, so I thought that ending was a little weird. Yeah. Um, and you know, like punks had this, you know, like punk and Starks and FTR have kind of had this loose affiliation, and now Starks cheats to win the tournament. And yeah, that's, again, it's just like, where are you going? Because yeah, I, I thought it was going to be Punk and Samoa Joe, which we may still get. But just that, that ending was, was odd. 
uh, I'll just leave it at that, or, or just weird. <laughs> I, I don't know why yeah. they they had a face, you know, cheating to what I don't know. It, it was it was just kind of weird. Um, even you know the women's the women's Owen Hart thing, like Ruby Soho, man, like dude, I I don't know if she's ever at this point now losing the Owen Hart because I think she should have won it last year. To be or two years ago, whenever they had it, um, and so you have Willow winning this, right? Which, so let me talk about Willow for a second here, if I can. So, Willow, um, it, it, does she have a place? Sure. Is she going to be a, a good wrestler? Is she, she is a good wrestler, you know, or young in her career, whatever. Um, going back to New Japan, right? So she's kind of been splitting her time between dynamite or new japan or ring of honor or wherever yeah um yeah i feel like willow is in this spot now because of accident um you know she obviously she wasn't going to win against mercedes monet until the no. injury right and now so you've 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 put the new japan title on her and now she comes back over to dynamite and it just feels like it just feels like now they're they're trying to elevate her because she won the title. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And so to again, this is an Owen Hart, you know, tournament. It's not a title or anything like that, but Ruby Soho is dynamite, right? She's she's there, you know, week in, week out. Why would she not win the match? as opposed to somebody who's, who's there right. once a month. When, when she's supposed to be in a dominant faction called the yeah. Outcast as well. Right. <laughs> it's just, you know, and once again, they're fucking losing. It's just, I listen, I get it. Like Tony Storm's holding on to uh, uh, the AEW Women's Championship. By the way, you forget like that she's actually holding on to a fucking title <laughs> because like, I, I like, Brian, I'm not, Brian, I'm not kidding. Like I legit sometimes forget that Tony Storm is holding on to a women's world championship. Like, like this yeah. women's division is that fucking bad, but the way it's, it, the way it's being booked, like it's, it's, it's horrible. It's so bad. Yeah. Like, and with Willow Nightingale, right. And I'll get back to your thoughts, Brian, just a second. Cause I do want to, yeah. I do want to make this statement. Like, look, Willow Nightingale seems really, really sweet and awesome. And, and I'm sure she works hard and all that stuff. Right. Absolutely. But so yeah, she, she wins this, she wins this new Japan strong championship, which, she she probably wasn't going to win because of Mercedes' oh, injury, and they called an audible. Yeah. There was probably yeah they called in the, the injury led to her winning the championship. Um, and listen, congrats to her. She's holding on to that title. That's great for her. And then yeah, and, and it's just like and here's the problem with it too. It's just you bring her back to over to AW Television, and you have her win this tournament to where again she hasn't been properly developed because right. a. Nobody gives a fuck about her. That's just that. That's just the reality, right? Yeah. And B, she's not on TV a whole lot, so you can't really gravitate to what she's doing. And she's not in anything relevant since she's been in AEW. That's not my opinion, mm -hmm. guys. That's just a fucking fact. Yeah. So, look, I understand it's the Owen Hart Cup tournament. It's like it's nothing. It's nothing storyline driven. I, I understand that, guys, but. When it comes to people like Ruby Soho, you know, you, you can use that prop to like, you know, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Because momentum. at the end of the, yeah, right. Exactly. You, 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 cause the outcasts are your 
women's faction on AEW television that you have to make feel as such. And these are three talented individuals. I mean, Soraya, like Soraya, listen, I like to me, like, I don't know if it's just with her injuries or just uh, ever since she's came to AEW. Yeah, she just has not been the same, and and that's and that's yeah. an, and that's very understandable, right? And she just hasn't been the same. That's why she doesn't wrestle a whole lot, nor has she been involved in a lot of physicality and segments. But still, like she could be used to where she still she could still be you know seen as such. Tony yeah. Storm in a, in in the same way, like she's already a tremendous wrestler, and, and she's your women's champion. Like get her involved in shit. You didn't mm-hmm. do it with Jamie Hader. You had her beat Tony Storm just to once again Tony Storm beat her to do nothing with this championship. Yeah. And, and and then you have Ruby Soho to where she went through all these ladies in this tournament, mainly from AEW television, to facing someone like Willow Nightingale, who's holding on to who's been mainly on New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, you know, just in that industry as of late, because she's holding on to that title. I hope I guess that's fair to say, right? And yeah. now she fucking loses that. So, and that's what I mean about this tournament. Like, what is it really doing for these people? The answer is really nothing. I, you know, that's, you, you, and, and if you're going to develop tournaments, at least, again, I, this is a word that I've been using a lot over the last several weeks, direction. Make sure that there's direction for these women, because if they do not have that then nothing else matters. So, but Brian, your final thoughts, because I do want to get into dynamite, uh, your final thoughts in regards to everything with collision and everything uh, that I just mentioned in regards to uh, the, the Owen Hart cup tournaments. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I'll keep it to, to Ruby Soho here. I mean, and this is just my personal take. Um, I've always been a fan of Soho, even, you know, back yeah. in um, uh, with the WWE riot squad, with, uh, the riot squad, the riot squad. Yeah. Um, and it just feels like now, in, in AEW, like she, I'd have to really sit down and think. But legitimately, for me personally, like sh- that may be my biggest disappointment, you know, within an AEW wrestler or, or whatever storyline is that you had Ruby come over here. And, and I thought, you know, again, I, I thought she was a star in, in Riot Squad um, or, or, or at least on her way. And now in a, like, I don't think she's ever going to be over or be, I, I don't even think she's going to be champion in, in AEW at any point. Cause you've, yes, she had the injury and whatever. Um, but man, I don't know. I, that's just my, my, my singular, you know, wrestler coming over there, you know, and, and, and hopes of something big that just has not panned out. It's Soho, man. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with her, or what they're doing, or with the faction. Um, again, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're they're not dominant as they should be. Um, they're, you know, book that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and, and with Willow, yeah, she's a obviously a bubbly, sweet personality, and she has a place in wrestling. Um, she just won this tournament. When's the next time we're going to see her? On AEW, um, right? You know, who knows? <laughs> right? Who knows? So, exactly. That, that it's unfortunate, but it's it's the truth. You know, we, we don't know. It's it's like <laughs> every time you see these people, like Keith Lee, right, or even people like freaking uh, 
like Butcher and the Blade or whatever name you want to throw out. It's just like the question now is like, am I going to see these people again next week? I mean, obviously the, the core people like Adam Cole, MJF, Chris yeah. Jericho, right? Those are the guys that are going to be on TV regularly, as they should be. But it's, that's what it, I mean it's, about the Attitude Era and the storyline, right? Is that, Yeah, you got your Adam Coles and your MGFs who were, you know, yes, invest. you're investing most into them. At, you should be. Right, right. But that doesn't mean you have to, like, just leave everybody else out in the yeah. dark, man. Yeah. Like, and it's just yeah. that, and it's just, I think it just comes down to the fact that Tony Khan just doesn't have anything for them, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's just what it is at the end of the day. And, like, you know, and... and Listen, I know Tony Khan and Vince McMahon, they, they have, as well as Triple H, like they both are, I think they no doubt approach professional wrestling. I mean, clear as day, the shows tell you everything you need to know about how yeah. they book these shows and how they feel about their wrestlers, you know, and I'm sure Tony Khan cares deeply about every single wrestler that he has on his roster, yeah, but I, he I doesn't so. have, he's not creative enough to develop i mean and, and nobody is but with the way that his roster is imploding with the amount of people you have i mean h- how can you get creative and have something for everybody with the amount of people like h- over a hundred close to i think it's over like close to 200 people on your roster like it's a lot is of fucking really people many? you gotta you well, gotta develop like, it's close to that yeah i don't know the exact number but it's it's close to that like even close to like yeah, I mean, I'll have to. It's. I don't think it's over two hundred, but it's like close to around, maybe close to two hundred, like a hundred, two hundred some odd people, right? It's it's somewhere around there. I'll have to. I'll have is to that look up that AEW exact number. Or is that AEW and Ring of Honor? That's both. That's well, pretty much AEW, if that okay. makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much for AEW because there is people from AEW that do go to ROH, like freaking yep. Claudio, and now I guess you can say Pack now freaking bandito freaking <laughs> all these people but yeah no strictly for aew like yeah like it's it's legit like well over the hundred members or or wrestlers yeah. are on your on your roster and that that's a that's a problem man you know it's just there's only so much you can do with so many amount of people and that's yeah. the main problem i think with aew in, in regards to everything is that there's just too much talent there's just yeah. too much talent on your roster. And I understand, like, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, like, wanting to see somebody lose their job. Trust me, I, I'm not a fan of that at all. But there comes a point in time to where, man, it's just like, if you're not using somebody, then, like, yeah, they're getting a paycheck. That's great for them. But at some point, like, they want, they want to build a reputation. They want to, you know, they want to go into business, you know. And it's, yeah, yeah. they're not, and if you're not doing business within, every week or so then what's the point yeah your fat paycheck looks great but again a lot of these wrestlers care more about that and that's why i speak so heavily about these wrestlers because they do want to build a reputation they do want to build a character and storylines and memories with fans that everybody remembers for the test of time and that's why you know we have this podcast and that's why we speak the way we speak about pro wrestling and all that stuff so but but yeah, man. So that's our thoughts about Collision, and, and of course with this uh, this tournament. And I'm sure you know we'll speak more about Collision. And as uh, as of right now, I mean, obviously they've gotten better than that 400 some odd thousand rating that they had uh, during Money in the Bank a couple weeks ago. But still, and yeah. I, and and, and, I've, and I'll say this once, I'll say it again. And this is pretty much the trajectory for 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 these Collision reviews is that. They their goal is to get back to eight hundred thousand, right? That premiere show that they had, which was eight hundred and sixteen, I want to say hundred eight hundred and sixteen thousand. 
That was their premier show in ratings. They have to get back to that. That is their goal. Sure. And the way yep. that they do that, man, you've got to, yes, continue to do what you're doing. The format of the show is fine. I don't want you to change nothing about that. But if you add a storyline or two that it, that's that's creative, that has substance, and that fans can latch onto, then that that's that's a recipe for progress right there. But yeah, if they don't absolutely. have that, then you're going to continue to see the fi- see the the ratings in the five hundred thousands, the six hundred thousands, or just somewhere in that range to where that's where they're just going to be stuck at, you know, for the test of time. But let us get into AEW Dynamite, or as I should say, Blood and Guts, uh, as they were live in the TD Garden in Boston last night. Um, I do want to get into this Blood and Guts match. I'm going to save MJF and Adam Cole uh, for our for our last segment of the show. Um, so yeah, man, Blood and Guts, you had freaking the, uh, the BCC, as well as um, Takeshka and Pac. Those were the two uh, members, of course, because of Brian Danielson is injured. And of course, with Takeshka, he's been somewhat involved with the BCC, with Don Callis, and because of their relationship with Kenny Omega and the feud that they're trying to tell with Kenny Omega. So those two people are added in there. And then, of course, you had the elite, or I believe they're called what? The Golden Elite or something like that, Brian? You have the gold, you have the you have the bullet club gold, you have golden elite. Like there's so many clubs and so many golds. Like fucking A, man. Jesus Christ. Just join the elite with the gun club and the bullet club and just call them. Golden Bullet Club Elite. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many elites and right. It's just like, good lord, man. It's just like, man. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, just, to, just, to, just to, you know, just poking fun over uh, over that. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, listen, blood and guts, man. I mean, you guys know about blood and guts. There's really not much, not much to really say when it comes to the match itself. The match was highly fucking entertaining. Um, from start to finish, I was entertained. I knew these guys were going to deliver. And that's what they did. But what they also did, Brian, is, well, they added a little bit of direction for some people. And what I mean by direction, and that includes people like Claudio, Pac, as well as Takeshka. Now, where it goes moving forward, I don't trust Tony Khan and where it's going. (laughs) That's a completely different story. Um, But I liked that added layer to the match because, again, BCC, they're not really a form they're not really a complete form of themselves, you know, because you have Pack replacing Danielson. They're not really in full form because of Danielson's injury. So you can kind of see like Pack who just joined the group and he's they're trying to get along in this match and they're trying to coexist. The, the coexisting game, right? That, that's funny, kind of ironically speaking, right? But it was just the way it was done to where it wasn't. I mean, granted, them losing this match, period even without it would have done any harm to them at all. Just, just of how tremendous the match was. And it wasn't very spot heavy. And we talked about that, Brian, before we started the show, um, it wasn't a whole lot of spots. It was just very physical, very yeah. in your face, just very gruesome, very, just freaking. you got freaking thumbtacks. You got broken glass. You got freaking nails. Yeah. Right. Freaking nails, freaking a bit of better nails that freaking Moxley just, slammed his back onto he got mac jackson delivering freaking suplexes on the top of the cage and they're freaking dumping thumbtacks from the top of the cage so yeah it was very very physical and it fit the bcc 
Yeah, go did ahead, Brian. Did you see when uh, Pack was like, uh, you know, he was he was hanging from the top and did his like double stomp through the table? Yes, on, yes. I think yes, maybe yes, Hangman. Yes. I'm not sure, but I believe. Yeah, I Oof. think it was Hangman. I will have to go back and see that. Yeah, it was either Hangman <laughs> or maybe one of the Bucks or one of the two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, listen, there were a few spots, but I and 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 we also talked about this too, Brian. Like I, I don't mind spots, like really cool spots, like memorable spots in a match. But we've seen a lot of times with with matches, especially to this caliber, where you'll see a lot of spots being like slowed down and like to where to where there's too many of them, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it kind of gets a little bit messy. It kind of gets a little bit sloppy. And there was a few here and there, but it still didn't take away the foundation of that of the uh, that this match was very physical. It was yeah. bloody and it fits the BCC because that's just who they are. You know, they're very physical as well as, of course, the elite and just how everything is kind of meshed in with the within these two teams. Um, but the elite obviously had to win this match. I mean, you can't have them yeah. lose yet again because they have been taking a lot of big L's. I mean, Anarchy in the Arena was one of them. You cannot have them lose again. So I guess I don't know. I mean, I, I you would think I mean, you can't. There's no way the elite and BCC can continue this, right? This has to be like another chapter to where these people go their separate ways. Cause there's, yeah. I don't see how else you can tell us like continue this, unless you want to continue stuff with just Omega and Takeshka. Right. Cause they're, I mean, cause Takeshka, I mean, he clear as day, he walked out on the BCC. He, Don yeah. Callis called him over and said, Hey, like this isn't going well for us. Like, let's just get the fuck out of here. So, right. you know, unless, so yeah, it's just like like what else can you really tell? Like how can you top a blood and guts match to right. further a story between two factions? Like I just it, it's just it would be really weird to do. So hopefully that just ends that because I feel like anything you know, anything after that now between these two teams just feels very weird and just very just overstating its welcome. Um but yeah, for what the match was, damn freaking entertaining. Um, could the build up to the match be better? No question. Uh, there, there's no doubt. There, there could have been more suspense. There could have been more intrigue. But for what the match was itself, it was highly entertaining. It's blood and guts. We all knew it was going to be. And and yeah, so and you have something with pa- with Pac and Claudio that they're going to wrestle for the ROH ch- uh, world title on Friday, I want to believe. I believe there's like a said pay-per-view for ROH coming up, and they're going to be fighting for that said championship. So with ROH, you know, listen, and I like the fact that ROH is going to get that limelight, but it's just like, you know, how many people do watch ROH, but I guess with Claudio, cause it, you know, with ROH, cause you know, it's, it's no harm, no foul. It's no harm, no foul. There's really nothing really much to really say there. So it depends on how they're going to play it out. Um, and just, and just where it goes, but do I trust it? Absolutely not. So, and, and then you have the BCC overall and now you question where the bcc kind of goes from here you know do the bcc kind of you know put their attention to to pack because he's because he walked out on them uh all right. of them so we'll or see man we sh- and to and to Keshka as well um yeah. but yeah and that's and that's the thing too or does don because now don Callis also has his shtick going on with chris jericho yeah. so and that's the thing too with AEW, and I and, and I know we touched on this a bit in the show as well as previous. There's a lot of things, Brian, as well as things may sound pretty cool. 
there's right. so much shit going on with certain individuals mm-hmm. is dealt with. He's dealt with. He's dealing with this person and that person and this person. And it just feels it's just like a lot to just comprehend, you know, yeah. to where you can kind of just like just keep it simple. You know, just just keep it simple with a wrestler A and B start a feud and then just make it make sense. If you want to involve other people, that's great, too. I feel like we're just we're, we're doing the most here a little bit. You know, it's just that right, that's just right. the feeling that I have. Like you have the, you have Takeshka and, you know, freaking Don Callis. They turn their back on the BCC. You know, do they tell a story with that? But yet they they're telling a story with Jericho because Takeshka's with Don Callis. So, you know, Takeshka's going to be involved in that. It's just mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> it's just a it, to me. It's just it's a clusterfuck <laughs> in a way. Yeah, it kind of exactly. is. It really kind of is. But outside of all of that, the match was damn entertaining. Uh, Mox was just freaking, I mean, to me, Mox was the highlight of this entire freaking shit, kissing the camera, freaking the bed of freaking nails, um, just stabbing people with a fucking fork, like Jesus Christ, man. Uh, but yeah, man, solid, entertaining match. Blood and guts never usually disappoints at the end of the day. So, uh, Brian, my man, your thoughts in regards to this blood and guts match. Yeah, really, really great match. Um, brutal as, as it, you knew it was going to be, um, so yeah, no no issue with the match itself. Uh, I agree with you. I think the elite had to win that match. Um, I, you know, I, I just so, and this is just a little thing, I guess. To me, the ending of the match was it just seemed very abrupt. And yeah, I, I think this speaks more to just the again. I mentioned it here before, like the the production value, or they just had a bad camera angle because. After hearing commentary, I think the way the match ended, right? They had Wheeler, you know, choke with the the chain or whatever it was, and Mox is handcuffed over in the corner. And so you're watching this, and and nothing really happens, and they just call for the bell, and then the announcers say like, "Oh, Mox, Mox, like you know, said I quit or whatever to save Wheeler." But it just like the camera missed it, so you didn't know what was yeah, going on. Yeah, people were left confused, like what happened. Yeah, yeah. So that's my only gripe about it. You know, is just the you got to clean some of that stuff up. If mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's the end of your match, you know, then you got to catch it on camera so people can fucking see it. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, so that's my only real gripe with that. Um, and yeah, to your point about. It just feels like there's a lot of intertwining, a lot of plate spinning, and they're all intertwined. Because, um, yeah, like, they, they bring Pac into this and and promote it as, you know, he's well, he has issues with Omega, right? And and that's been that's been the story of why Pac's here. And the same with Takeshita, like, he's been, you know, after Omega. Mm-hmm. And then during the match, you just have Pac and Claudio get into it, you know, so he walks out and then Takeshita walks out. So, yeah, you would imagine that the BCC has, I don't know, they're going to have issues with Pac and Takeshita, but then also there's Callus with the Jericho thing, you know, and Takeshita. A lot. <laughs> right. And again, like I said, yeah. they brought Pac in as having animosity towards Omega, but now you're having Claudio and Pac. Um, so, yeah, with all that said, like, I don't know where any of the elite are going per se. Like what, what is their storyline going from here? 
Yeah. I guess the BCT is what, you know, it's, it's going to be a Takeshita or Pack thing. Um, but again, then there's still the Jericho thing. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a clusterfuck. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully Omega goes back to being a singles competitor and hopefully the young bucks are being the young bucks. Cause look, yeah. as much as I like the, the elites, right. Them to, they're better. The young bucks and Omega are honestly better when they are separated. I'm, I'm being serious. Like when, when, when Omega is a singles competitor and when the Bucks are just being the Bucks trying to elevate the tag division, you know, because right. you know what I'm saying? So I, hopefully that's where it leads to Brian is yeah, that, yeah. you know, they can, they no longer have to, you know, be attached to the hip to one another. And, and you know, the Bucks can do their thing with the tag division. They can, de- they can develop some stories within the tag division or whatever. Um, as well as Hangman, so then that kind of leaves it you know, with Hangman Page. Do you continue a story with, with, uh, with the Dark Order because of the because he kind of pushed them to the side or whatever? And then that right. yeah, and then of course you have Omega because of course there's going to be direction for Omega if you do so sure. with Takeshka and Don Callis. But like you said, he's also dealing with shit with Chris Jericho. So it's just yeah. it's weird, man. It's weird how things are just being intertwined and how there's just a lot of shit going on at the same time it's just it's very overwhelming to where you know again you're you're having to rely on your audience to be like oh snap like there's this there's this with don Callis and jericho but then there's also this with omega and and don Callis and takeshka and then there's this and then there's this with pack and the bcc and this with claudio right and then it's just it's a lot it's 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 fucking a lot so that's the only gripe that i have in regards to all of this but again like i said the match itself was damn entertaining um, yeah. And yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, Brian. Definitely the ending was was definitely very weird because I didn't see no tap out. I didn't hear anybody say like I quit or throw in a towel, right? Sometimes like it'd be sometimes yeah. kind of cool. Like you'll have a manager like legit, like the way like in boxing, right? They'll legit throw in a towel and they'll ring right. the bell. Like still, and, and they'll catch it on camera, but you know, we didn't catch anything. It's just like the referee's just ringing, ringing the bell or unless like, you know, it's one of those situations that the referee knew that Wheeler Yuta was just done. Like he was being choked out. There was no one else to save him. Mox was already handcuffed to the ropes and it was a situation where like, all right, let let me just freaking like, I got to look out for this dude's well being. Let me just ring the bell here because this dude's about to get choked the fuck out here. So that that's, that's really, that's the only, that's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, outside of that, like if there was a tap out or I quit, like nobody saw it. So yeah, it was, it was very, It was very, very weird. Um, so we'll see, man. There's just there is a lot going on. And I and that's the thing with AEW is that, you know, that's another reason why there's like a not a lot of fans can really get invested because there's just so much shit happening at one time, you know, to yeah. where you just because the thing is with with here's the thing what I I always talk about with create with creativity. And we're gonna get into MJF and Adam Cole to end the show. Like I never, when it comes to like being intrigued with something, it's like, I never thought like you would have to move mountains, right? To me, like you don't have to like move mountains and do like this soap opera to put on good television, you know, just keep things simple, right? And and it, and it just keep it within a tag team and a tag team or a wrestler and another wrestler. And and that's it. And if you want to involve people like, you know, like whatever, like people in a faction or like little, 
you know, members of a faction, like people like, well, let's say like for Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, for example, right? If you want to tell a story with that and you want to add Zoe Starks as that little piece to the to the story, then I'm all then I'm fine with that if you do it properly. But doing all of this shit to where fans have to work 10 times as harder to keep up, it's just going to turn people off, man. And I think that that's another big thing that Tony Khan is lacking is really is just slowing things down in regards to where people are going. So that's, 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 that's pretty much it, man. So we'll, we'll, we'll discuss more about the bucks and we'll discuss more about Omega and seeing where they go, where do they go? Well, we're going to find out, I guess, m- moving forward in the next couple of weeks, um, especially leaning towards all in, which is, I believe, in it's been I think it's close to about a month from now, I want to say, because I believe it's uh, August 27th. So you got that big pay-per-view coming up, that big event coming that's up. The one in sure London, right? That's going to be in London. Yep. In Wembley yeah, Stadium. Yeah. Yep. Wembley yeah. Stadium in London. So that is going to be uh, that is going to be the uh, the big events for for AEW coming up. So now for our final topic, let's get into the bromance, right? Let, let's let's get into MJF and Adam Cole because uh, once bay again, bay. man, just Bay Bay, better than you, Bay Bay. That's the shtick that they got going on. Um, just guys, I I've said it since like what two weeks ago when when this whole shtick really got kicked into high gear. Like this has been tremendous, man. It, again, the best thing that this company has to offer, right? It's not the Bucks. It's not Omega, unfortunately, right? It's not the BCC. It's MJF and Adam Cole in this freaking team yep. telling this freaking story. So before I, before I get into the match itself, there was a, there was a vignette or a, 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 a segment where at MJF and Adam Cole, they went to a Chinese restaurant in a, lo- a local Chinese restaurant in Boston, right? They're freaking, uh, they're freaking ordering food or like something about MJF facing his fears about spicy food and poor people. <laughs> right. Um, it's fucking, it's just freaking funny. Um, you know, they're eating the spicy food and all that stuff. Like MJF's telling a story about him body slamming big bill. And like, Adam Cole's like, all right, enough, man. Like I was there. I, I saw it. And, and that's not how it happened. <laughs> so they're like trying to, yeah, this is like the chemistry between the two men. It's, it's just, it's fucking good. It's, it's good. I, I don't know what they're doing, but it's just, it's working and you can just feel the chemistry between the two. And I think it's just awesome. Um, you know, and they, they kind of hype each other up to, to win those tag championships. And then they're backstage and they cut a promo backstage before their big match. And then of course, Roderick strong, who's still wearing the neck brace. Um, he's, you know, and now he's kind of getting more irritated and more freaking uh, concerned, I guess, for Adam Cole. Cause he said like, Oh, listen, you know, I'm just going to play along and do this shtick with, with MJF. And now man, they're getting more, they're getting more like this. Every single freaking week, they got matching gear. They got freaking matching trunks and everything. Hell, they got a mashed up theme music last night as right. they came out with. I love freaking MJF's theme. He's like, "Hey, I got another surprise for you." He's like, "But you gotta wait." He's like, "I wait till I get out there." And MJF's like, his music. Um, <laughs> he comes out to his music. He wants him to cut the theme music, and he he's like, he does the whole freaking like DX would do, like Shawn Michaels, the freaking pointing yeah. of the entrance or whatever. And MJF's music played again. He's like, wait, what, what are we doing? No, this is my entrance. It's like, stop it, cut it. What are we doing? And all of a sudden you hear the mashup and his face like lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. And it, it was freaking funny. Um, but yeah, man, like they're getting more tighter. 
as a cohesive unit each and every single week. And then we get to this match itself, which was against uh, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Guys, I'm not bullshitting you. This match starts off in a fucking dance-off. Yeah. Like, legit, I'm not kidding. Like, they're doing, like, freaking Daniel Garcia does his freaking, you know, his freaking hip thrust or whatever the fuck, right? And then like, MJF is, like, doing the same shtick. And he's like, all right, before you ring this bell, like, he's preventing the ref to ring the bell, let's get, we're, we're going to do a freaking dance-off. And MJF freaking busting out some moves. Freaking mm. Sammy Guevara, Daniel Garcia bust out. And then you just have Adam Cole just being fucking, just so out of rhythm, just doing a bunch of pelvic <laughs> thrusts. <laughs> right, right. Just being like, has no freak. And MJF, is, his reaction was funny. He's like, dude, just, just stop, 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 stop. Like, what, what, what are you doing? And it's just like, it, but again, like, you would think, right? You know, because in W, I bet you, right? I bet you there's a lot of people, right? When it comes to Adam Cole, like, oh, if he were to have done that in, in WWE, like people would lose their minds, right? Freaking Adam Cole, like dancing like a freaking weirdo. Like why would they, but it's the way, it's the way that it just makes sense because of the shtick that they're doing, right? Like right. the inner, like you can legit see, yeah. like because, yeah, because of MJF and how extra he is as a baby face to where he's just being so extra to just stop the match and just go into a dance off. And Adam Cole's like, all right, screw it. I'll play along with it because he's starting to like MJF more and more. And he's starting to, so it's just, it's believable, right? I, right. I can believe like that shit happening in the middle of a match to where you see, you, you do see a lot of that in WWE, right? But it's just for, you know, it's just to make people just look like idiots with no, there's no reason to right. do the dance. It's just for them to look like a fucking idiot for people like Braun right. Strowman, you know, I mean, busting a freaking move. I think Drew McIntyre did that shit once too. It's just like, okay, like if you're gonna do it, then like make it, like make it make sense and make it, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? People for them to sink their teeth into to where okay, I can see this happening. I can see the right. match legit stopping and having a dance off for like legit freaking two minutes. You know, so I didn't mind it. I actually thought it was freaking hilarious. And then we get oh, yeah, into the yeah. match. And then we get into the match itself uh, between these two teams. Chris Jericho was out on commentary. Of course, he's cheering on Daniel Garcia and and, uh, and Sammy Guevara. They yeah, they do the dance off and everything. MJF does a suicide dive. Right. He there was one point in the match he was going to do the suicide dive, and he just stops in the middle of the ring, and he's just like. <laughs> Yeah. I love it when he does that. Like he's like he's gearing up, he's gearing up momentum to dive, and he just does the. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I legit Brian busted out laughing every time. Like he's done that a lot, but just like the way he does it, just like he's like, I'm just gonna raise my hands up. I'm not diving over this freaking rope or through this through these ropes, but he actually does it. He actually does a suicide dive through the ropes, and this dude's face like lit up. <laughs> this dude's face like. Oh my God. Like I just freaking did that, you know? Cause like, and, and, and he was funny, like before, like he was doing the dive, like Adam Cole's like, do the like suicide dive, do the dive. And he's like, Oh shit. Like now I have to actually freaking do it. And, right. and freaking he's gearing up and he's doing the dive and his face lits up. I thought that was fucking awesome, man. As cheesy as this baby face is with MJ, it just, it works, bro. It just freaking works. And people are entertaining guys, guys, I'm telling you, this crowd legit popped over a double clothesline. I've never heard a crowd pop over a double clothesline, Brian, in my fucking life. Like a legit, a, a, the 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 build of a double clothesline to get that big of a pop, it's fucking insane. 
um, as they hit that double clothesline to win the match. I believe it was to, uh, I believe, was it to Daniel Garcia? Garcia. I believe it was was to Garcia. Um, And yeah, so MJF and Adam Cole are moving on as they are going to legit guys uh, get a tag title opportunity against FTR. And that's going to be a collision on July 29th on collision against FTR uh, for those said titles. Chris Jericho is on commentary. He checks up on his his boys, right? It's Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. They're walking up the ramp. They kind of like just give him a look and they just like walk straight past him, kind of leaving yeah. leaving Chris Jericho high and dry as, you know, they kind of, you know, the notion of Chris Jericho could be in good terms with Don Callis. So, so I, and, and that's, and I've mentioned that too, Brian, and I'm going to, I'm going to get more into that because I do want to get your thoughts here in just a second. So, and then you had, of course, back into the ring, you had Adam Cole, holding on or looking at that title, like, man, this is a good looking title, man. I, I wish this was over my shoulder. And MJF got freaking pissed. He shoves like, dude, like, why are you looking at my title like that? Like, what, like, what, like, what are you doing, dude? And MJ and, and Cole's like, all right, it's, it's like, stop. It's, it's, it's all good, dude. I was just giving it to you. And they hug it out and all that stuff. So there's a little, there's a little hint there, man. Like there, there's, yeah. you know, MJ and that's, and I'm going to get more into that as well and what that could lead to. And of course, FTR comes out, they confront the two, um, you know, just a little face to face for a few seconds. And then that's, that's the segment. So there's your big tag match, man. So, so Brian, I'll, I've done a lot of talking, explaining this whole entire situation, but, uh, I'll have you get your thoughts, man, your thoughts about uh, MJF and Adam Cole, this duo and, and them getting this tag title opportunity against FTR, as well as Chris Jericho and his, his stick going on with Don Callis and, uh, and the JAS. Yeah. So, yeah, this match was entertaining, funny as shit. Like, you know, if I were to, you know, just talk to any wrestling fan, right, just like, oh, man, this match, you know, FTR and – or I'm sorry, not FTR, um, MJF and Cole, you know, they come out there and, and they start the match in a dance-off. Like, even I would be like, what the fuck? Right. Like, it was entertaining as shit. Right. <laughs> Right, like if you um, like if you didn't see the match, you'd be like, "Wait, a dance off happened in the match? Like, why the fuck would they do that?" But then when you see it, and when you're when you when you've been watching it every single week, and you're like, "Okay, that that makes sense. Like, I could see that yeah. happening." But yeah, no, absolutely. So all that stuff I like, even you know the MJF the the suicide dive through the rope, right? Again, it's it it's the storytelling, right? Because I I don't think he ever said it like in a live event or wrestling, but it was like a social media post that he had made whatever, however back far back ago, but about that he doesn't have to do the flips and the dives and the suicide dives and shit. And so you see him setting up in the match, right? Like that first time he did it, he was like, you know, it was, it was, again, it was a storytelling hearkening back to that post he made, like, Oh, I'm going to act like I'm doing it, but fuck no, I'm not doing this shit. Right. Until the crowd starts getting behind it. Um, So yeah, it was just that, it doesn't mean a whole lot in the match, but just the little aspects of storytelling within his things, own yeah. personal story. It, it just those little details make the fucking character, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The only thing I would have changed about this match is again, it's one of those things. I know they've been building up the double clothesline. I wouldn't have ended a match on a double clothesline. I mean, that's yeah. I get it for the storyline aspect. Like we got to hit the double clothesline. So do it like as a si- like as a signature move or something, and then like do the finisher. Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I wouldn't have ended the match that way. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, like, I get whatever. It. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. So I'll go into the end of the match, man. Like obviously, 
FTR isn't losing to Cole and MJF. They're they're no. not going to be alone. No, 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 no. Nor nor should they. No, no, no. Nor no. should they. Right. Um, but that little that little post match thing, right? Everybody expects this is, and I spoke about it, you know, a week ago, or whatever, about MJF, you know, turning babyface, and he can pull it off. I think everybody right now is assuming, you know, it comes to this match, MJF is going to turn on Cole, right? I'd pull a swerve here. I, I really would. Because MJF is is nailing the babyface part, right? I had spoke about it last week where, you know, maybe it's a little too early to turn him face. Like, maybe not right now, but you can play yeah. the seeds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, man, I really I really might pull the swerve on this one just because, you know, you, you they've done this vignette, right, of, you know, MJF saying, like, Oh, you know, well, I've never had a friend. I've never, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so now Adam Cole was kind of befriending him, but he also right. wants the title. Um. So I, I, I really would. I think, you know, have Cole turn on MJF and have Cole be the heel, and and go forward with that with MJF. You know, saying you know a storyline where like. You know, I, I put my trust in you or, you know, I, you know, was vulnerable with you. You you befriended me and and then you turn on me, whatever. Um, I don't think that's what what's going to happen. I think it'll be Probably, MJF yeah. playing the heel and, and he's yeah. going to do the turning. But really, man, I, I might go that route with with Cole uh, being the heel and, and doing that. But, you know, we'll see. Either way, I think it's going to be money. Um, yeah. So what they'll probably, what, I mean, Cole could turn on MJF, but it could be to where Cole stays the baby face and MJF stays the heel. And that's, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, sure. Hey, like I, like I struck at you before you struck at me because, you know, you know, again, you know, you can kind of go back to the phrase of like, Oh, like, I don't trust you. You know, you're, yeah. you, know, you call yourself the devil and all that. But yeah, like, and I, I think that MJF is at some point in his career is going to be a baby face. And I oh, think yeah. he should be because we, and I say this because there's a lot of wrestling fans about MJF say that, and, and, and understandably so, right. It's just like, he's one dimensional and he is right. Because you know what you're going to get out of MJF as a heel He's going to come to whatever city he goes to. He's going to trash the fans. He's going to call them freaking marks or freaking, you know, what's and you know, right. some of his feuds, he's going to like have stipulations to where if you do this and this and this, you can get to face me at the pay-per-view or whatever. So I can understand that to where, you know, eventually, you know, you want to see if you're, if, if MJF is really that good, right? If, if MJF is, if you really want to develop this dude as a superstar, right in your in your company then i think at some point you ha you you would have to turn a baby face at some point yeah. i'm not saying him right now i wouldn't do it while he's holding on to the title I, I would do that once his title reign is done and then yeah. afterwards then you kind of start to get into a different persona of mjf to where wow okay this dude isn't just one dimensional he's not just that 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 heel that's just gonna just you know just trash everybody and he does it better than anybody else that's why mjf <laughs> right, right. Is, is so freaking yeah. good um but i'm just thinking of from different people's perspective to where they say oh well like you know you know what you're gonna get out of the dude because again because he's a one-dimensional character and they have a point to that however 
you know, and, and they've had, they've had opportunities to do that with MJF a lot. Like for instance, with William Regal, right? William Regal being attached to, uh, uh, being attached to MJF, that could have been a cool little shtick you could have done, but I know William Regal wanted to go back to, to WWE to work with his son, who I believe is working in, uh, in NXT UK or whatever. And then you have some other sticks where you could have maybe turned him babyface, but you decided not to because you wanted him to do this world title reign and totally fine right. with that. Um, but I definitely think as of right now, I think he's still fine in this heel character oh, yeah. as he should yeah. be. And I think, yeah, as he should be, like, I don't think he should be turning anything right now, but eventually once this title reign is done, I would definitely look into a different persona for MJF because there's only so much you can do with MJF in regards to, because like, especially with the world championship, right? He's done everything you, he could have, he could possibly do as a babe, as a heel, right? He's been with the pinnacle. He's, he had his little muscle in, in Wardlow, right? When he first was really getting like popular with fans was with right. Wardlow and the pinnacle and all that stuff. And then with William Regal, and now he's holding on to this world championship. So it's like, what else does MJF need to do as a as a heel, at least for the time being? Doesn't mean like he can't turn heel once again when he's in the prime of his career. That's when MJF, by the time he's like 30 to 35 years old, is when you're going to get freaking probably the best MJF you've ever seen. I, we're, you're yeah. just getting a taste of what this dude can do. Absolutely. But definitely if you give him that babyface persona, because... He's proven it to you that he can do it. And as long as, and, and, I, and there's, and I'm not worried because they're going to give him time. They're going to give him, you know, they're, they're going to give him the segments. They're going to give him t the time to develop and all that fun stuff. But Tony Khan definitely needs to think about that moving forward. Once that title is off of him, I would definitely look into, into MJF being that baby face um, at some point, because like, because also people are just going to cheer him you know, more and more and more, more people are starting to be fans of MJF and so on and so forth. Yep. So him continuing this heel shtick, you know, with fans cheering him as well, it would just be, it would just be weird, right? It's like the same thing with LA Knight, right? In LA Knight, he's still kind of playing somewhat of a heel type of role, but at some point, man, with the reaction that he's getting, you have to turn him babyface, right? Same, similar, same oh, goes man. with MJF. So many people love MJF. They don't, you know, they like to boo him at times, right? Because he's that freaking good, but they want to cheer him because he's so freaking talented and they see the worth in the dude. And at that point, that's where you have to strike and be like, all right, this dude's going to be our top baby face in the industry. So, but yeah, Brian, before, uh, before we end things here, your, your final thoughts in regards to, in regards to everything I mentioned in this, this whole, this whole story with Adam Cole and MJF as a whole. Yeah. Very, very good story. Um, you know, one of the more, or probably the, the most entertaining story on AEW, right? I mean, it's, it's right, been good, yeah. like the comedy stuff. Um, Absolutely. All of it. Yeah. It, it's been good. Um, and, and I, I can even go back to with MJF, man. Like, I really do think he, he when he says he's a generational talent, he is. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. He, it, it, it almost reminds me of, of, Stone Cold, right? He was right. Stone Cold was a heel, but he was so damn good and so damn over with the audience that they cheered him that they had to make him face. Right? Absolutely, I mean, yeah. So I think you're gonna eventually wind up with with something similar with MJF. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Like I said, I had mentioned last week, I 
I, I do think it's a little too early, but it wouldn't shock me if they if they just pulled the trigger and did that, you know, two weeks from now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But either way, look, this guy is going to be the best heel or are one of the best heels in the business. And he's going to be one of the best faces in the business because he's he is that good. <laughs> um, there's just no way around it. Uh, so, yeah, and, and what that leads to with, with Cole going forward, and you still got the Roderick Strong aspect of it, um, which mm-hmm. is, uh, I, I wonder how that, I, I don't know. Uh, does Roderick Strong get involved in the match, you know, two weeks you from would, now? You would think that Roderick Strong is going to get more involved into the situation, right? He has to, yeah. right? It, like, it would be weird to just have Roderick Strong continue to kind of like, he's in the weeds, but he's not really in the weeds, right? It's just yeah. so... I think you're going to see more of Roderick Strong a little bit more, especially with this match coming up and and, and deciding and trying to get into the head of Cole and, mm-hmm. you know, seeing who strikes first, right? Because I think yeah. – I don't think it's, it's – if Adam Cole is going to turn on MJF, I don't think it's going to be to the point where he turns heel. I think it's to where he stays face and yeah, MJF stays the heel. And he, and, and he listens to Roderick Strong and then they become buddies once again – or MJF just beats Cole to the punch because he didn't like the fact how he looked at his title, right? And he, right. And he didn't like that aspect of it. And he kind of holds that grudge and he freaking and he attacks him while uh, while the timing is right or something along yep. those lines. But the good news is is there's options. There, there's yep. a bunch of options to where it can work. It can be creative, and it can get people intrigued. So yeah. that's that's the great thing about this is. And, and again, the only person. Right, the only person that can fuck this up is Tony Khan himself. That's it. That's yeah. the, that's legit. The only person that can f this up. What whatever he's doing, whether he's just allowing MJF and Adam Cole to come up with this sh- this stuff, or him and whatever creative team he has that's kind of you know giving him these ideas. Whatever the fuck they're doing, keep doing it, bro. Like continue to do what you're doing. Do not change shit. Just Please do not fuck it up because outside of this, Brian, and again, I'm, I'm being completely honest with everybody. There is not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot to really latch on to. And maybe, I don't know, with Chris Jericho and the JAS, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see when it comes to that with Don Callis. Who knows? But really latching on to something, right? Garcia within that. Yeah, who, how that's Yeah, I mean, yeah, who, who, yeah. who freaking knows, right? So, and who yeah. knows how much really time and effort they put into that. And if they deliver on on that view, but when it comes to this man, just everybody's into it, everybody's talking about it, and it, it's it's the best thing you got going on right now because outside yeah. of that, there's not a whole lot to latch onto. So that's why I just I'm telling the Tony Khan, please do not fuck this up. Just right. keep doing what you're doing whether that's giving a little bit of creativity, free creativity to MJF and Adam Cole, or if you've got a creative team or hell, if this, I highly doubt this, this is the case. Hell, if it's just straight coming from Tony Khan himself, right? Whatever he's doing, just keep doing it. Do not try to change shit. Don't try to get cute. Don't try to do too much. Just let everything come naturally, right? That's kind of the main thing about it. Let it continue to be natural. Don't try to let it, don't try to, you know, be forced with anything, just keep letting it play naturally and let people continue to get into it. So 
And that's it, man. That is it. So, but you know, we'll, we'll see in regards to that. I mean, do they do the turn at collision? Do they do the turn the week after collision on the next episode of dynamite? We'll see, but I think you know, they got to do it on, on that collision. Right. Cause you would think, right. The pay-per-view is coming up in a month and I, I would assume it, it's got to be Cole and MJF for the title at the pay-per-view. Um, yeah. So and yeah, especially, say, especially if you're trying to get a big number for collision for that week, I mean, right. you would want a cliffhanger, man. We, and like we talked about with collision, you know, you need cliffhangers, you need shit to be, to get people talking. Well, what better way? If you want to do that, not saying that they're going to, but that could be the case to where you sure. want to, you know, get people talking and get people talking about a story, whatever. Hey, do the official turn at uh, at Collision on July 29th. But but again, yep. there's options, and people are into this thing, and just it's just very refreshing, Brian. As we end things here, like yeah, I have absolutely. I haven't been personally this into a story, right or feud, whatever you want to call this shit between the two mm-hmm. in a very long time. I, I said this yep. last week, I'm going to say it again, because there's not a whole lot you can connect with people like Chris Jericho as of late, right? You, or a Ricky Starks, even a CM Punk, as much as stock they put into CM Punk, there's been more connection and intrigue with MJF and Adam Cole than there's been with oh, CM sure. Punk in the past yeah. two to three weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just, and that's just it, man. So, but yeah, I'm just, it's, it's, it's very refreshing, Brian, just, just to see how all of this is playing out. And, you know, it's just, it's, we're all along for the ride, man. You know, just give us something that's entertaining. Give us something to latch onto. And, you know, from me and Brian, you know, you, you guys know that we will speak nothing but highly praise and positivity when it comes to, when it comes to these two. And what they do mm-hmm. moving forward. So, yep. but that is going to do it, guys, for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was both for NXT review from this past Tuesday, as well as AW Collision and Dynamite. Saturday, Saturday, we shift our focus back over to SummerSlam in the WWE as we talk about Monday Night Raw as well as SmackDown. Um, there's a lot that happened this past Monday. Especially, you know, you have with Cody Rhodes and Brock, but we'll we'll save all of that and we'll we'll dive straight into that um, on Saturday. So make sure you guys, you know, stay tuned for all of that. And of course, make sure you guys uh, follow us on our social medias. Make sure you guys join our Facebook group as well as follow follow us on our Instagram as well as our TikTok. That is rootless underscore talk. We are well over six hundred followers on Instagram um, for, uh, for for that. So Nice little round of applause there. Over 600 followers. So again, on TikTok, uh, thank you guys so much for smashing that follow button. Um, and of course, if you're coming across this uh, this podcast for the first time, thank you guys so much for being a part of this community. Whether you agree or whether you disagree, or if you guys just like listening to us because we're entertaining, we we can't thank you guys for you know for uh, for for listening to us and all and all that fun Absolutely. jazz. And make sure, of course, you stay notified. And do not miss a single episode as well as our Instagram. We are just on the cusp, man. I want to say we're about at least seven to six more followers left until we hit 900 on Instagram. So again, man, the pla- happen, man. All right. these, yeah, All these right. platforms, Brian, they're, 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 they're growing day by day by day. The amount of people that have hit that follow button and then guys, and here's the thing too, right? When, when you guys hit that follow button, you guys are a part of this community, right? You guys are a part of this sure. Ruthless Talk community. You guys are part of a, a, a wrestling 
community that, you know, we hope that you guys are proud of that. Yes. You know, sometimes we like to be critical. We like to, you know, call shit out, but Hey, at the end of the day, man, we, we both, me and Brian just love professional wrestling. We want to see it get better, you know, and, and that's what it is, man. You know, we're very passionate about this, uh, this, this, this art that, that is, pro, that is pro wrestling. And, uh, Absolutely. you know, we just want to give our best voice to everybody and just call things out the way that it needs to be called out. But at the same time, you know, have fun with it, man. Cause at the end of the day, this is pro wrestling. We all love this. And, you know, we just want to develop a community that everybody can be proud of and for everybody to, uh, you know, just, you know, just to get on board, man, just so make sure everybody spreads the word you know, make sure you guys tell everybody that, you know, this is the platform that they need to be on and make sure you guys stay tuned, uh, you know, for more, for more episodes to come. So Brian, your final thoughts, my man, before we end the show. Yeah. Thanks to everybody who is clicked, liked, and, and, you know, followed us. Absolutely. Um, you know, closing in on a thousand here. I, I couldn't imagine again, I'm, I'm not really in the, in the TikTok, Twitter verse, <laughs> you know, thing, but, you know, starting this back in what, you know, early January, January, you know, and now we're what, six, seven months later, closing in on a thousand people, you know, Hey, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a community. It's, you know, people got comments, man, chime in, you know, let us know your thoughts, you know, whatever we can absolutely different, different points of view. Absolutely. Cause that, that's what wrestling is, man. Um, you know, we talk about like Dave Meltzer in a five-star match. Well, a five-star match is in the eye of the beholder, you know? Um, exactly. And, and there's criteria for everything. So, yeah, man, um, it, this has been fun and, and looking forward to next Saturday. Um, with AEW as a whole, you know, Collision's been pretty solid, as, I, as I've spoken before. The, the format of it um, is, is right up my wheelhouse, so I'm enjoying it. You know, of course, the MJF Cole thing and the Elite BCC – um, yeah, it's AEW. I think is finally, you know, th- they went through a, a really rough patch with the whole CM Punk thing that seemed to just drag on and last for months. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it finally seems a little bit that they're, they're coming out, they're rounding the corner on that. Um, yeah. so hopefully they can continue that man. Cause again, we've mentioned there's a shit ton of talent there. People that I want to see, you know, weekly, you know, on, on the TV. So absolutely. Um, you know, we'll see where we're going forward, but there are at least two, three, four, you know, storylines where you can, that are getting better. So yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. That's right. So we'll talk more about AW, and of course, NXT uh, next week, next Thursday, as we're back here next Thursday, talking once again, AW collision and all of that fun stuff, man, as well as SummerSlam, of course, there's going to be, a good and the bad and the ugly for that uh, SummerSlam pay-per-view. So make sure you guys stay tuned and stay notified with that as there's going to be a lot of content coming up as well as, of course, All In that's coming up um, later on in August. So there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about and your boys are going to be here to talk all about it. So that is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And your boys are signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.